Let's begin now. I'm so, like, unprepared to be starting the show right now. I feel like I have the worst attention span. Is that the right way to say that? Do I have ADD? I did figure two things out today, though. That is not for me to decide, Dusty. Yeah. I feel like my attention, is it deficit disorder? Is that, am I getting that acronym right? I could tell you. Attention deficit disorder? Something like that. Attention something, not good. I've got the match on. I'm talking to Beagley about beer and paid sporanic. Great golfer. Don't understand what all the hype's about when people say your name. Like, okay, man, easy. It's like, great golfer. Taught me how to hit that uneven wedge slope shot. Worked out the other day. But, uh, yeah, okay, we got to get this thing going, man. Good grief. Been a while, though. This kind of feels like a Sunday morning, Grant. Except it's not because it's uh, Thursday. Following a Royals win, walk-off win. That's awesome. That's great. Kind of started the day off with John Sherman. We'll get into that. Harold Kuntz of Fox 4. He'll join the show at around 7 o'clock to talk about that. He was, uh, quote, tweeting quite a storm of that today. So he was uh, heavily covering that as well. I know that Beakley kind of just talked about it a little bit. Um, we'll get to it here in a little bit. But thank you for joining us tonight here on 610 Sports Radio After Hours. Um, man, I learned two pretty viable things today. One is this time of year. When it is a zillion degrees outside, um, there is not a better drink than an Arnold Palmer. Unsweetened tea, though. Now, that, that's where I might get my throat slashed from, like, listeners. But, man, I really don't know if Arnold Palmer, in fact, invented this drink. But there's not a better mocktail on a day like today than a, than a three-fourths tea quarter lemonade drink. No chance. I mean, obviously, if you can drink a beer, some of us have, um, then you can't beat it. Like, today is like when you pull it out of the cooler and there's still ice on the rim. Probably the best thing you can drink today. But if you have to be responsible and you have to be one of those, you know, those good daddies like Arnold Palmer, man. Mm. God, I love an Arnold Palmer. 95 degrees feels like 107 unnecessary weather stat by the way it's 98 today but it's gonna feel like 109 why do you need to tell me that it's telling me that it's 98 degrees is already letting me know that i will sweat immediately when i step outside it's hot it's hot yeah it's warm apparently he did invent it he did invent or at least drink. he's credited for it he asked his wife to make him an iced tea with lemonade so his wife invented it well she... i bet that was a great conversation in 56 i mean 1960s okay I mean, what they call I mean, the, he's probably not the first person to ever drink it. I mean, but he marketed me that, it well. You mean to tell me that some guy named Stan didn't get out from the farm one day and he had just a little bit of fresh squeezed lemonade and he thought, well, what the hell? Let's get wild. Let's mix some of this iced tea with this lemonade and see where this takes us. Oh, my God. And then here comes famous golfer decides to do it. And then you got this guy. He's like the Walter White of Grey Matter. For those of you that get Breaking Bad. He's uh, like pointing at the TV like, I did that. Yeah, the Leo meme or GIF, whatever it is. I did that first. I told you I created that drink. The other thing I learned today is um, old people shrink, man. Like, I didn't think that this was like a real thing. Like, my grandma, God rest her soul, she's dead. 
um, great lady, but she always was like, I'm starting to shrink. And I'm like, no, you're just, you know, that skin's going away. You're just getting smaller. Straight up, they shrink, man. Like, I watched a lady come in uh, at my job today, just completely like, yeah. Just all raisined up. Yeah, so I kind of thought to myself, like, what's the perfect age to go meet him? You know, the Lord. And I thought to myself, 67, I think would be for me. Too early. Okay. That gives me 32 more years on this earth. Yeah, but retirement age, in theory, is 65. Yeah, in 1990. You think people are still able to retire? Well, I'm just saying, like, if you could retire, you'd want more than just two years to enjoy it. Yeah. Minimum 75. Dusty, take that big, take that back. Sweet tea only in Arnold Palmer. Agree, though, with the best drink for now. It is. ADD is no longer a thing by itself. Thank you to the text line. Attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. So it's ADHD. Yeah, your boy's got a little bit of that. About 42% of me has got ADHD. About 25% OCD. And the rest is just wolf. But seriously, thanks for joining on After Hours tonight. Dusty Leggins with you. Grant Nicholson, too. We'll be here till 9 o'clock. The match getting ready to start. Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey versus Clay, uh, Clay Thompson and Steph Curry. Look, I want to get into this. I really do, because this is like my, this is my stuff right here, right? Like, this is two Chiefs players, local guys, my favorite sport. Love it. But I do owe you, and I do need to talk to you all and have a conversation about what we heard today uh, from the Royals owner. Because I know there's a lot of people out there. Uh, I hear from all sorts of people. I hear it from my friends. I hear it from family. Um, I hear it from, you know, coworkers. And I, I, we're going to talk to Harold Coons about it at 7. We're going to talk about the match. It's just getting ready to start. Hasn't even teed off yet. I did take Kelsey and Mahomes plus 215. Uh, they're the underdogs, right? Steph's a scratch golfer. In fact, his, uh, his golf handicap indicator uh, app, he's a 12 point or he's a 0. 0.6. So he's shooting 71, 70, 72 anytime he plays. Clay's a 12.2. Um, Mahomes somewhere around like a five to seven from what I've heard. I could be off by a couple numbers, but it's in that field. More so like five to six. Kelsey, I don't really know. Uh, neither one have their golf handicap uh, listed. I would assume that Kelsey is anywhere from like a 12 to a 16. Again, I could be off. That's just going on what I've seen at Tahoe, some things I've heard, but we'll get into that a little bit more later on tonight as that unfolds. Uh, and we can have a little bit more fun with that as Ernie and Charles are there as well on coverage on TNT. But leave that on mute. Put this on your speaker or your, your, little, your little Bluetooth thingy. But John Sherman spoke to the media today about the stadium. And the way that I perceived it was, hey, Kansas City, we're moving, like it or not. Um... It is what it is. I think where a lot of us are, are tied to is the stadiums, the memories we've had at the K. And the other part is that you don't have a very good representation of a baseball team currently that gets you excited for a move. Right? Like if a family gets excited to move from one house to the other, it's because they're getting excited because their family is expanding. Things are going right. Kids are growing up. We need more room. We're okay with this. We're seeing progress. Let's get a little bit more spacious. Um, I do believe that downtown venues and areas work for baseball stadiums. I think it's fun. I'm a, I'm for the idea again, but I'm with you as well, right? I love the area of the K. It's easy to get to from this spot on the map. If I'm working, you have to be at the stadium for something. It's very easy to get to from where I live in Lee Summit. It has a gigantic parking lot. 
It's different. It shares it with an NFL stadium. So you get to have those, you know, those Chiefs moments where you walk by the stadium and you feel like you can hear Mitch Holtz's voice as you walk by and a, a touchdown being called on the radio station. And you can have space and you can play bags and, and tailgate for a Royals game as well if you wanted to. And I get it. It's 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 change. It's movement. It's it's something you've seen a World Series in back to back years, maybe more than one. It's the original. It's the spot. I don't want to see it go anywhere. It's beautiful. We just had all these things happen. And John Sherman said today that Kaufman has problems. You know, it's it is a beautiful ballpark. I feel the same way when I come here. I still get goosebumps every time I'm on the field, and even though I do that a lot now. Um, but it's you know it's fifty. To, it's 50-some years old, and it's going to be 60 years old at the end of the decade. It does have some structural and mechanical problems. We, we have done a great job investing in the stadium, primarily from a fan-facing perspective. But even with that, we're not competitive with modern stadiums, whether it's club space, whether it's eating space, whether it's premium areas. And, uh, and so we're, we're really behind the curve here. And at some point, uh, at some point, I'd like to get the commissioner out here and really let him and, and really let this group hear from him directly about, you know, what are the standards that we need to make sure that we're keeping up with in Major League Baseball. So this has been a great place to play. I've been a season ticket holder for a long time. I've had lots of memories, really, over a couple of generations of my family. So I get all that. But um, this is an old building. It's got problems. It's also not in the right place for baseball. So a few things. I would love, and I don't think we'll ever get it. Now, I know that, what a swing by Kelsey. Just picks up his teammate right there. I mean, Arthi, come on now. This is going to be tough for me. Okay, easy. Cart path, rolling. It's fine. It's fine. Um, so there's a few things here. Focus, Dusty. Focus, folks. Um, Sherman, the stadium, he wants the commissioner. He wants... I don't know how we get this. I don't know if we get this. But, like, let's take some people around the stadium. Let's lead the charge. Show us right here. This is what we're focusing on, the leakage. Or this is where things are, you know, not up to, up to par. This is what's not great. Because from what we see as fans, what we see as goers, you see a stadium that is, you know, pretty nice. Right, you sit in your seat. You're like, all right, fountains look to be working. Doesn't stink here. My seat's not breaking. Um, my cup holder works. The sound system's all right. I know that opening day, a lot of people were like, well, couldn't really hear the the PA and all this kind of stuff. But the screen's good, and everybody sees these things from an exterior spot, and it's hard for you to agree with what they're doing. Again, information maybe not as well put out there as it is. And again, I get it. Maybe not everything is for our eyes or for our information. We just should take their word for it. Sign, sign yourself up if you've heard that before. But again, it's, it's interesting when they say that it needs help. It needs this. It, you know, it's, it's here. It's there. But the thing about it is the other part that the city is troubling to get behind is that there's no promise that this team is ready to accept a new change, right? Because I think that when you look at the Royals and you think of the history, you think of the K, the fountains, the area, the, the where it's at, the stadium itself. And there's nothing really changing outside of 13 to 17. Those four to five years, 
There's really nothing that indicates that, you know, it's time to pack up and leave. Now, I'm not saying they're going to do it overnight and you're not going to. They're going to do it. From what I listened to today, they're going to do it. But, man, you got to get some competitiveness on the field, and Sherman addressed that as well. Team performance is what it is today. We're going to do what it takes to get it back. But this is a this is a 50-year decision. This isn't what's happening. Now, now, I do know that we have fans that I'm getting that feedback, right? Why don't, you, why don't you spend money on the team, or why don't you fix the team before you ask us for But we're going to get that done, uh, but we also need to make sure that uh, the future is secure in Kansas City for Again, I think of it as for both of these franchises. He brings up both franchises. I'll bring that up a little bit later when we get joined by Harold Kuntz of Fox 4. The first tee has been cleared. Stephen Clay put him in the fairway. Mahomes off to the right in the rough. Kelsey off to the right, but it's a good shot. They'll all be hitting their second shot coming up. It's kind of dangerous that Kelsey's in a Mike's Hard Lemonade golf cart. Praise the Lord on that one. But we come back to their side. I saw a meme that kind of made me think for the last couple of days. involves a baseball player. And it involves your star quarterback, Patrick Mahomes. All that, plus more with Grant Nicholson, Dusty Likens, here on After Hours on 610 Sports Radio. You're listening to After Hours with Dusty Likens on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. Brought to you by Twin Peaks. Eats, drinks, scenic views. Over under for me on Coors Lights, I never put a limit on it. I just, yeah. I just go until I can't go anymore. Back in on After Hours, Dusty Likens with you, Grant Nicholson as well. The match is underway. Mahomes and Kelsey flew the green deep. They're okay. Got a little bump and run. Maybe they play this smart. Mahomes will let Kelsey putt it real quick. And then Mahomes can chip it. Steph and Clay are on the green. Took a little flyer in tonight's match. Took uh, Mahomes and Kelsey plus 215. A little $10 bet. Wins a total of 31. So, Dusty, I do not like Stephen Clay. What is it about him you don't I, like? I just don't like him. I don't like the way they hold themselves. The you think they're they, a little too arrogant? The way they, they carry themselves. I don't like looking at their face. Okay. Anything else? No. Okay. I mean, there's lots of other stuff, but you don't want to hear that. That's fine. Over under for me on Coors Lights, I never put a limit on it. I just, yeah. I just go until I can't go anymore. Mm. From what I've seen, Kelsey's talking about how there's tequila on the golf course. Seems a bit much. Um, but uh, Kelsey strikes me as one of those guys you go golfing with, and then by like hole 12, he's yeah. kind of like, I'm just kind of here to drink the rest of the way. Right. Oh, slow down, slow down, slow down, slow down, slow down. All right. I mean, I don't think Clay and Steph are going to make their putt. Did Travis putt that or did he chip it? I wasn't paying attention. Ooh, good job. Uh, yes, Kelsey lost the vest, um, as a lot of people thought that he would play that. So Mahomes is going to putt it. I figure they putt. You know how fast those greens have to be in Vegas? I mean, they're literally putting in the desert. God, I'd love to play in this. Just makes me want to go out and play golf. I mean, Pat, you got to hit the ball, dog. Get it in there. Get it in. Did he hit it? Okay. Mahomes about sunk it from just off the green. They'll have a gimme par putt up to Clef and Clef. Up to Clay and Steph. Maybe that's their team name. Team Clef? That's probably not good to say. I apologize. Um, Shohei Otani did hit his uh, 14th home run in June. 
as he surpasses Babe Ruth for the most by a pitcher who started a game that month uh, for a random stat for you. And I saw it, me the other day, Grant, and I'm pretty sure you're going to have the same opinion as me just because we're, uh, we're a lot alike when it comes to takes sometimes. I'm a little further out of the, you know, the atmosphere sometimes. But I saw a meme the other day, and it had Mahomes and it had Otani. And it said, is Mahomes the Otani of football? And it was Otani the Mahomes of baseball. And I thought to myself immediately, I was like, no way. This is an unfair comparison for Mahomes. And the reason that I thought this was because um, Otani pitches and hits. And he's probably number one in each category. Now, there's probably somebody out there that's a better pitcher. Now, maybe you want to you want to take somebody over Otani. I won't. Um, and there's probably a batter that you could have a you know an argument with. Like you might be like, well, Trout's you know okay, that's fine, but not for me. Otani and keep going, ball, keep going, ball. Otani and his skill set at hitting. And it pitching to me are one or two in the entire league. We can all agree that Mahomes is the number one quarterback. There's no secret there. Like there's nobody better at that position in that league than Mahomes. But if Mahomes was going to have a comparison like Shohei Otani, he'd have to play linebacker safety or corner and be one of the top five as his position in that, in that field. He'd have to be like a, maybe not an edge rusher, but he'd have to have, I don't know, he'd have to be like top three middle linebackers. He'd have to be like better than Nick Bolton. And Nick Bolton's probably like the fourth or fifth best middle linebacker maybe in football as of right now, moving up the charts quickly. And Mahomes is a one-sided guy, right? He's never going to play. Now, the only way that you could ever get somewhat kind of comparable to a Shohei Otani type of player in the NFL is if you did in fact have somebody like a Dion come around that would, and even still Dion wasn't really a top receiver. He was good, right? Like he was like D'Anthony Thomas ish, like was a gadget guy would surprise you would be on the field, could take an end around to the house, could take a bubble screen and go nuts with it. But on defense, he was very, very good. And to have a Shohei Otani comparison, which, by the way, if you're not able to, I apologize. But if you can watch Shohei Otani play baseball during this long dog days of summer when you don't get an anomaly of the match on, and maybe the Angels are on Sunday baseball, it's quite awesome. And I know there was a perfect game last night. That's great. It's the Yankees, whatever. No one's heard of the guy. Other than he cheated, I think, one time with, like, a substance. But the thing that's interesting about Otani is that He's the best at both things that he does. Pitching and hitting. He's going to win Cy Young. He's going to win MVP. He's going to win a silver slugger. And we've never seen it before. Like, you've literally never seen this before. Like, the closest thing we've seen is, like, Rick Ankiel. And that's how much better Otani is. Disrespectful AF to put Rick Ankiel next to Shohei Otani. But Rick Ankiel, when he was a pitcher, before LaRusa got in his head and he couldn't throw a strike, was a stud. And then he became a hitter and could crank it. Now, he didn't hit for a solid average in a time where average kind of mattered. 
But he could crank it. He played for the Royals. You know that. He could slug you. He could hit you 265, 25 bombs, and at one point could throw 96 and strike you out with some stuff. But Otani, like Mahomes, is kind of I-need-to-watch type of play. If you don't agree with that, look at the times the Chiefs play next week or next year. Almost every damn game is in prime time. Not, yes, because they're good and they're going to play key matchups like Bills, Bengals, Dolphins, those types of teams. Because of 15 at quarterback and a little bit of 87 at tight end. That's just entertaining. And you just honestly, you never know. Just like the other night, Shohei Otani goes up there, strikes out 10 and 6 in the third, has to come out because of a fingernail issue, and then hits two home runs, two bombs. So when you look at that and you watch those types of games and you're like, you know what? Otani's on TV. I'll watch this. I'll at least watch the at-bat before I use the restroom, go to the garage to get another beverage, go to bed even. I'll watch Otani. Always oh, pitched tonight, so I'll get a ton of him. Okay, I'm going to watch it. They're generational unicorns of talent. And it's a different way and a different time to be alive. The one thing that they both have is that they're the best in their game. Skill level. There is no better quarterback in the NFL better than Patrick Mahomes. We can all agree to that. And there's no better MLB player, maybe not a better pitcher, maybe not a better hitter than Shohei Otani. And they're both... Basically, one is about to enter the prime. The other one is in his prime. And they're just built differently. And they're things that we really haven't seen before. Like, everybody likes to say that Mahomes is similar to a Randall Cunningham, a Brett Farvish type of player. People want to use the name Babe Ruth when it comes to Shohei Otani. Kiss my ass if you put that name next to Shohei Otani. Babe Ruth did it against Milkmen, white guys, and uh, in a league in 1940. Shohei Otani's doing it with machines, gladiators, and everybody. And he's throwing 97, 98 gas. So, yeah, you've never seen a Shohei Otani. And there's probably nobody alive that even saw Babe Ruth. Maybe there is, and I'm just not thinking about it clearly. But it is a little bit unfair to say that one is the other in different sport because what Shohei Otani is doing is so differently stupid than what Mahomes is. But the one thing they do share is they're both the best in their sport. They're both extremely entertaining to watch. And there's really nobody close in the same penthouse suite as either one of them. Like, I'm not putting Tyler Glass now, Blake Snell, Garrett Cole, Shane Bieber. I'm not putting those guys in a, in a room with Otani. They're on the second floor below, but they, they ain't getting a key to the room. Just like I got Burrow and Allen and Herbert and all those guys, you know, Hurts. Maybe Cousins. You know, put them in a, in a room below, but they need knock and open door of approval to get into the penthouse suite of Patrick Mahomes. Speaking of Mahomes and Kelsey, we'll get you an update from the match. Also, there was a spin, you know, somebody trying to break the mold. But again, this is one of those things, people, where the juice ain't worth the squeeze. Grant Nicholson, Dusty Likens, you're listening to After Hours. You're listening to After Hours with Dusty Likens on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. Brought to you by Twin Peaks. Eats, drinks, scenic views.
I love how Fogarty says heard in this song. He says hype. There's a lot of... I don't know if it's... I don't know if it's... Hide it. Um... So not good so far for um, really both groups. Uh, they're all square through one. Both had uh, gimmies for pars. You know, pick it up and it's good. Mahomes and Kelsey's next drive off the tee box. Uh, one went right, one went left. Kelsey was in the uh, like the, the wood chip area. And then he uh, ended up driving it or hitting his second shot. Uh, over the green, snuck on like barely on the on the outer rough, and then Mahomes went to the water. But I don't think Clay and Steph did anything very special either. Did Clay put his on the green? I wasn't watching. I'd miss Clay's shot, but I know Steph, Steph missed airmailed it. Yeah. These guys are juiced up, man. They're a little amped up. They're hitting the ball further than I think they than they want to. Um, and they're not professional golfers. They're right. obviously very good golfers, right? But- they're not pros. Are they not playing a four-man best ball? I have not been able to figure out the the format. Because Mahomes just dropped, but they're hitting shots from, like, the best. Dri- so they're hitting the best drive, but then playing their own ball and keeping score. I have not been trying to do a job also, so it's tough to, to okay, figure it out. Okay, okay, I don't know. Okay. There's no sound on these TVs, Dustin. I know. Well, there is. Yeah, but it's kind of, yeah. With an obstruction of justice, if we put volume on while we do, while we do um, radio. Uh, so I thought it was interesting this week. They had um, kind of a spin of an article that Kelsey had been interviewed in. And again, I, I tease that the juice isn't really worth the squeeze as we dive into this. Yeah, they're definitely playing four minutes. They're definitely playing best ball. Which I don't know why you would take a drop there when Kelsey was just behind the... I don't understand that. Hell of a chip there by TK. Um, And for those of you that don't know how a four-man scramble best ball works is you hit the best shot of your teammate and you play against two other guys who do the exact same thing and take the best score. Um, And we'll talk about the match here after after this next break, but... The spin on the Kelsey thing was that he says that he, quote, knows he's underpaid, but it's more about winning championships. And what this strikes to me is we know where Travis Kelsey's social status is, right? Like, we're not we're not shy about this. Would you say that Kelsey's a B-lister? I feel like that's where we're comfortable. He's not an A-lister. Yeah, I think that's probably fair. B-list, and that's not a degrade to to Kelsey at all in terms of like celebrities correct yeah. B-list is fair right just on the fringe of of the the big time yeah and that's partially because he's not retired yet he's still plugging away in the NFL and people say that he's quote unquote in this article he might be a little underpaid he might not be respected for his talent That's just a bunch of horse crap. Because you can bring up the top tight end contracts in football. And it's not our fault that the New York Giants 
paid 31-year-old Darren Waller an average $17 million a year for $51 million total. That's not our fault. George Kittle, he's 30. He makes, I don't know, $75 million total value. Now, his average per year is $15 million. Total guaranteed 40, fully guaranteed 30. He's a free agent in two years. The next highest paid per year tight end in the league, yours truly. So it's not our fault the Giants said, well, we may not have Saquon much longer. We need a tight end who's pretty good. We're going to give Darren Waller a ton of money. This is how the NFL goes, right? Somebody pays somebody not worth where they you know, might stack up in the position ranks, right? Like Deshaun Watson did not deserve that money. That's not our fault. That's just somebody who was desperate and they wanted him more than anybody else. It's like those people in your fantasy leagues that take Patrick Mahomes in the second round. It's not your fault that a quarterback went in the second round that doesn't really run a whole lot, doesn't get a ton of rushing touch that you get under how fantasy value is. But Waller, Kelsey, or Water, Waller, Kel- Kittle, and Kelsey, it's a tough one. Those are your top three. Travis Kelsey makes 14.3 a year. Tight end position doesn't get the play that a wide receiver position gets. That's just the game these days. You're watching that dwindle down from the running back side of things. Running backs are saying, well, we're not getting paid the respected amount. And I think the problem that the running backs have is that they're comparing past contracts to current day contracts. And that's not the same sport anymore. It's tough, man. It's a tough get. Like, I understand that people are like, well, did you see the contract Zeke got five years ago compared to a contract that I have these days? That's blasphemous. No, it's not. Running backs just aren't what they used to be, which means they ain't getting paid the way they used to be. And the real one that's completely different kind of got paid more than everybody else. And that was Christian McCaffrey. And that might be the last contract we've ever seen get paid like that to a running back unless you can come out and put up Christian McCaffrey's types of numbers where you can be a 1,000-yard receiver and a 1,000-yard rusher. That's what it's going to take. That's just the way the game is. And tight ends, bless their heart, which can be very good, fantastic athletes, this is where their number is. 12 to 15 million per year. Because Dawson Knox, who just got a contract, he's making 13 million a year. You'd say he's what, the number two target in Buffalo? Buffalo fans? He knows what his role is. He's good for, you know, what we're paying him. That's what the Titans' involvement is with an offense. Gronk never cared. Gronk knew what he's making. The other thing about Kelsey, why this isn't worth the, the to be like, oh, is he is he really upset? Is the situation no? There's two things that you can prove to people who make articles like this or try to skew interviews like this. Look at Travis Kelsey's career from start to finish. Who was Travis Kelsey and who is Travis Kelsey? And when did that change? Right. Like, the last real dramatic Kelsey thing we saw was either the 
stroking motion towards a referee or the flag he threw against the referee against the Jaguars. Mahomes came into the picture and Kelsey previously had done it, but kept doing it thousand yards per season, elevated his game, knew who he was as an athlete. And you can go listen to the new Heights podcast when they had Andy Reid on it. They talk about it. Andy Reid, God, dog, that guy was arrogant. He was a handful, but man, he really grew up and I'm proud of him now. So Kelsey knows where he has been and where he is because of the team that he is currently on and the situation that he's in. And he's not going anywhere else until the wheels fall off. Maybe the other thing is look at the success outside of the NFL. We mentioned at the start, Travis Kelsey is a B list celebrity. That's pretty impressive for an NFL athlete. There's not many B-list athletes in the NFL. Seriously. It's a lot of C, a lot of D-list. Now, eventually, Mahomes will get to the A-list where he's Tom Brady. I would, I would maybe put Mahomes on a B-list just because he doesn't do a ton other than commercials like Kelsey's hosting Saturday Night Live, done award shows. These types of things help as well. Mahomes probably a B-list celebrity. But again, look at the relationship he has. He's got the best head coach. He's got one of the top best GMs, and he's got the best quarterback in football on the best team in football. Travis Kelsey ain't going anywhere. So when people try to screw this up or try to put a riff in a system because it's been so great, there's got to be something there that can divide this. No way. Juice ain't worth the squeeze. Now I get it. There are some arguments to say that he's underpaid because of the value that he puts on the field. Take away Darren Waller's contract, and he's the second high paid tight end in the, in, the, in the NFL. George Kittle paid $15 million flat per year. Travis Kelsey, 14.3. Darren Waller makes 17 because the Giants were, well, they were desperate. Coming up, we discuss the match, what it means. Maybe we ask you a question. I'll get you updated as the boys from Kansas City just took a lead against Stephen Clay. You love to see it. This is After Hours on 610 Sports Radio. You're listening to After Hours with Dusty Likens on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. Brought to you by Twin Peaks. Eats, drinks, scenic views. Text line 913-586-7610. Grant Nicholson, Dusty Likens with you on After Hours for another, uh, about two hours, ten minutes. Harold Koontz will join us here in about ten minutes as well at the seven o'clock hour. I hate to disrupt him during the uh, during the match, but we can't talk about it for a little bit here um, as it is on your TV screen tonight. Maybe you're a sweetheart and you got the, the garage door open. You got the radio on and the TV garage is on the match. Maybe you're hanging a dart, a stick, having a glass of some juice or a beer. You had a nice long days of work. You told the man the hell with you at the 4th of July being on a Tuesday. I'm taking Friday and Monday off. That's what I'd have done. I'll be here tomorrow, though. I'll be doing the drive for Carrington Harrison tomorrow from 2 to 6. Rob Brenton and I, and then we'll have Binkley in at 5 with beers with the Binkster. Stadium brews. There you go. See what the the cat has to bring in tomorrow with the the beers. Really, that means we're going to have about a three-hour show. So that means five to six is done because it's the 4th of July, my favorite holiday. 
it's also bittersweet because to me, the 4th of July is like the celebration of the end, even though it feels like we just hit summer. Does anybody else feel that? Am I the only one that feels that? Like the 4th of July is so great. And it's, it's, it, you have the fireworks show, the, the swim parties, the lake. Maybe you're fortunate enough to have a lake house. You know, you have a buddy who you're fortunate enough to have a pool. You get to, you know, blow stuff up at, you know, 10 o'clock at night until midnight. And then it's just kind of like, well, what do we do now? I don't know. Kids start school in like four to five weeks. Training camp begins in two weeks after that. Football's right around the corner. Summer's over. Even though technically summer just began. Is that me? Am I the only one that gets that vibe? I definitely don't feel that vibe. Okay. I feel like 4th of July is always kind of when summer's like really hitting its stride. Yeah. Maybe. The start of a really good summer is a good 4th of July. Yeah. Because all of July and August is summer. Sure. You're doing more stuff, yeah, in August, but. Yeah. Who's starting school the first week in August? It's always like the second week. So like four, okay. so like four to five weeks after the 4th of July. At least I always remember in college, we always started like. The second Tuesday of August. When I was in college, we didn't start till the last week of August. Because we'd have like one week and then the first football game. Somebody says, I love the 4th of July. It means my kids' baseball season are wrapping up. It is interesting. Like, the older I'm getting. Now, my buddy, uh, he has a pool. and He lives like seven minutes away from me. So, we always Uber over to his house because I'm not trying to mess with that. And I just... Man, I turn up in a pool. Just like a different addition of me is, becomes alive. You can kill so much time sitting at the pool. I you power just, up. Yeah. You're just out there for like seven, eight hours. You're like, yeah, I'm just here. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, when Mario eats the mushroom, that's like what a beer does to me the minute I get to a pool. I'm just bigger and better than what I was. Time starts meaning less. Yeah. Pools, you are really very... There's not a care in the world. Yeah. Isolated. Unless you have a kid without a flotation device. But I don't have any kids. But no, I, I feel that um, Kelsey and Mahomes, they're up one uh, through two. They're on the third hole, par four. Uh, Mahomes probably had one of the best chips you'll ever see of this entire tournament or this match. And Grant and I were talking during the break. What you get when you watch this, now I get it, golf is boring, and there'll be a lot of people that'll watch this just because of the fact that it's Mahomes, Kelsey, Steph, and Clay. But one thing that you can clearly see, and one thing you can clearly gather by watching these athletes who are very good at their sport, what you can clearly see, Mahomes brought the hands, man. Mahomes brought that touch today. Like, if he can't drive the ball and Kelsey can just somehow get lucky and put him out there within play, Mahomes and Kelsey will be just fine. So how does the scoring work? It says they're one up. Mm -hmm. So that means they're ahead by a stroke. Correct. So they're one below. No, no, no. They're one up. So they had a better, they had a lower score than Stephen Clay on the previous hole. Correct. Because they both had the same score on the first hole. So they both, both teams parred the first hole. Second hole, Mahomes and Kelsey parred it. Stephen Clay bogeyed it. So they're up one hole. Steph's not going to rake that sand trap he just stepped in? No, he's got something there to do for it. Okay. All right. Guaranteed he could Draymond sand. <laughs> you think oh, yeah. Draymond's the sand guy? I don't know. He's I out mean, there with him. He declined the contract extension, so we'll see how much he really loves these two. Um, but no, and then so you have this match. Again, we talked about earlier. Steph Curry, scratch golfer. I think a lot of us saw in the social media world that he holed out uh the other day. 
just in a regular golf tournament, just, you know, hauling out. But one thing you're watching, if you watch this, is just how incredibly tough golf is. Like these guys probably play, I would assume, in their off seasons twice a week. And that's a lot of golf. I mean, that is a lot of golf. Two, four, six. That's eight rounds in a month. They're probably playing more than that per average. They're probably playing eight to ten, probably ten times a month because they're probably playing twice on certain weekends, twice during that week. They're playing a lot of golf. They're good. Steph, scratch golfer. Clay Thompson, a 12 handicap. Mahomes, somewhere around, I think, a four to a six. Travis Kelsey, I'd put him somewhere around the same range as Clay. Their games at least look similar from what I'm watching tonight. So I would put Kelsey somewhere between like a 12 and a 15. I just don't know like where I would get to what number more comfortable. But it's fun to watch. I think this is the type of match we need instead of having one PGA Tour golfer on each side because you are watching how incredibly hard golf can be. Like it's a tough sport. Mahomes plays it. If you follow him on Instagram, which I'm sure 90% of people do in Kansas City, if you follow him on Instagram, he's playing golf once a week in the offseason, at least. Just played in a tournament in Honolulu. And these guys are no slouch. These guys would go out and play with average listeners. They beat you. I mean, Mahomes would smoke me. And according to my golfer handicap index, I'm a 10. So Mahomes would have to give me like five strokes. And 10's pretty solid. But I'm not here to talk about myself. But again, the match going on on TNT will keep you updated as Kelsey and Mahomes are one up on Clay and Steph. They entered the night plus 215, but there was some big news today. John Sherman spoke to the people. Harold Kuntz was following it. Harold Kuntz of Fox 4 will join after hours with myself and Grant Nicholson on 610 Sports Radio after this commercial break. You're listening to After Hours with Dusty Likens on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. Brought to you by Twin Peaks. Eats, drinks, scenic views. Mm. 